Welcome to Australian Basketball Coach. I'm your host, Anthony Corcoran. Welcome to Australian Basketball Coach. Today, I'm pretty happy to have on the show Aja Paramamar. She's the head coach of Southern District Spartans this year in the 2020 NBL One North season. So welcome, Aja. Hello. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, great to have you on. I haven't connected for a year or two, but uh, anyway, uh, it's always good to have a chat with people in the league and, and you've been here in Brisbane now for a couple of years. So uh, mm-hmm. good, to, good to see you. Actually, I was going to say good to see you back on the court, but you're not going to be on the court I this year. I am not on the court this year. First time ever in my profession, in my adult life, actually. Yeah. How are you feeling about that straight up? Um, I'm looking forward to the challenge. Um I, I, I don't really have an itch to play right now, but I'm sure once the season rolls around, that'll change. So get, ask me that when the season comes, and it'll probably be a different answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing, obviously, you're going to have a strong team again this year and taking out the title last year. Uh, and also, like, it's, it's actually a chance for a four in a row, isn't it, this year? Yep. This will yeah. be four in a row. That's the goal. Well, that's, oh, yeah. uh, that's the hope, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. So let's talk about that a little bit later. I just wanted to, usually, I and, and you've got such a diverse and quite a lot of experience playing, uh, not only in the States, but also overseas too. So would you be able to just tell us a bit about your basketball journey and, and what's been the highlight so far? Of course. Um, well, I started... Um, I played my collegiate basketball at Boston College. Uh, we were in the Big East when the Big East was what the what people think of the Big East, not so much what it is now. Yeah. Um, and then halfway through my four years there, we switched over to ACC. Um, once I graduated, um, I did not get drafted, so I uh, I still wanted to pursue playing, and it, it was a goal of mine. It was a dream of mine. And my first contract was over in um, in Zarbrook in um, Germany. Um, from there, played in France, played in Germany. Um, I was with the Seattle Storm. Uh, I played in Portugal. I played in Spain. I played here. Um, I was I was originally with the SEQ Stars um, with Shane Hill uh, yeah. before the team folded, and yeah. um, and been with the uh, been with the Spartans for a while now. So just kind of transitioning out of the European basketball and having basketball be my life to having other things and have basketball be more like secondary and now it's all the way secondary (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah, just a few interesting stops there along the way like uh i guess one of the things i I wanted to ask about was back at college like Mm -hmm. boston college like uh, i read online you guys beat yukon one year we did we beat them more than one year Uh, (laughs) yeah we beat we beat them uh my junior year right before we left to go to acc yeah um we beat them um it, it's, it's actually a funny story because we played them maybe twice within a 10-day span. I'm not right. sure how the schedule worked out that way. But they ran us by about 25 on the first game when we were at their stadium. And the next next game was our senior night for our seniors. Okay. And we ended up beating them at our place. So it was a, it was a big win for us. We were excited. And we also beat them in the, um, in the Big East Championship my sophomore year. 
Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, what what are those sort of experiences like? Us probably not something a lot of Australian players get the opportunity to do is go over and, and play, you know, in in NCAA, let alone like one of those big uh, conference championships. But yeah, it's it was at the time. I don't think you really appreciate it. Um, looking back, um, I'm I'm grateful to to say I was on the same court as say Diana Taurasi, who's one of the best play, women players in the world to this day. Yeah. Um, and and it was it was a very good development uh, stage for me at, at a young age, being able to perform at a at a high level in a in a very intense and competitive atmosphere. So it really just helps you along your lines of development and and um, continue to grow as a player, both mentally and physically. Yeah, yeah. So is that sort of goal, you know, like playing in the NCAA or in a NCAA tournament? Like, do you think that's achievable for for most um, Aussie young players? And and if yeah, I I think so. I, I actually um, know a few players over there now who yeah. had the had the um, the um, pandemic not not taken that tournament out would have yeah. had the opportunity to experience, and it, it really just. Um, I, my heart breaks for some of those kids that don't get that opportunity this year because yeah. you've worked so hard yeah. and it's almost like the reward for all the hard work you put in, whether it's your freshman year or senior year, that, that, um, postseason tournament is, it's, it's the fun. Like it's everything else is the hard work and that's just the joy. You just enjoy whether you win, lose, it doesn't matter. You're traveling with your team. You, you know, you get in the interviews and you're, you're in that moment. So it's, it's, it's a, it's definitely a blessing to be, to have, have experienced that. But I also yeah. feel the Australian kids, a lot of them are over there and experiencing that now. So they can compete at that level for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And certainly the more kids that go over there, the you know, the, the pathway is sort of made for them a little bit to some extent. And they can, um, you know, obviously connections and that sort of thing, being Absolutely. in the right place at the right time and, and getting in with a good program all helps, I suppose. It's, it's, it, it, all, it all has to fall in place. But once it does, it's, it's a great feeling for sure. Yeah, nice. So playing in Europe, like um, obviously you mentioned you were in Germany and, and Spain and France and Portugal. Mm. Like what was that like? Any experiences that you look back on now and say, wow. Yeah, <laughs> it was, crazy, it was, but... it, yeah exa- that's, that's exactly what I do. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things when you're in the moment, it's just, it's a grind. You're working, um, you're up every morning for practice. You go home, you eat lunch, you take a nap, you go back to practice. Like that's the routine and you get used to the routine. Yeah. Um, it was it was a, a massive struggle mentally. Uh, you're far away from home. You're in a here was was kind of different because everyone here speaks English. Yeah. There you have to adapt to the to language barriers and and cultural differences and and basketball is really what you kind of cling on to and it's 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 your lifeline. And so um, each season had had its own representation of of how it helped me or or forced me to deal with with different um, adversities. But I. I look back and I'm grateful for all the experiences I was able to experience and living in different cultures, experiencing different type of people. And yeah, yeah it's, 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 I'm definitely grateful for the career that I had. Yeah, nice. And I got to talk to you about playing in the WNBA. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know that's that's huge too, just in terms of playing with the best of the best. Yeah. Um, what was that experience like? And was Lauren Jackson in your team? Then? She that's was. Yeah. She was there. Yeah. Um, it was hard work. <laughs> it was like an eye opener. Like you are not as athletic as you thought you were. You're not as fast as you thought you were. You're not as skilled as you thought you were. Like it's it's really when you say the best of the best, like. The the WNBA is tough. It is the best of everyone around the world. So you're um, you're playing against uh, 
the, the best athletes, the best um, physically built. They're strong. They're they're mobile. They're they're able to play. So I went basically from playing a three guard to yeah. if you're going to step onto the court, you better work on your point guard skills. Yeah. And just in terms of your my size and and my my, my strength and everything like that. So it was an eye opener to see when I thought I was as I thought I was doing well and I was a great player. And then I got there and I was like, oh, you got a lot of work to do. And um, <laughs> you know, I was, I was, it was, it was good to measure up against the best and, and to be on the court with the best and, and and training facilities with the best. And yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a great experience. Yeah. 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 Something you look back on and say, well, I got yeah. there and I did that. So yeah. um, nice one. So I guess I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Sports Mindset, the, the mm-hmm. company you, you founded and, and also like, Trying to sort of find out a little bit more about, you know, how did how did the idea for that come about, and what what have you been doing like since you started it up, and uh, who who you're working with, and that sort of thing. Yep. So we sports mindset. I actually started while I was still playing. Yeah. Um. Uh. The the journey of of uh, me as an athlete was kind of where it started from. Um, I initially was going to be a sports broadcaster when I was in, in college. I did an internship at ESPN, and that's what I thought I wanted to do. And then when I realized that's more of an office job and I, like, I liked the hands-on um, experience of, of working with athletes and being with athletes is when I transitioned over to more of a sports performance um, uh, degree. Yeah. And I started the company because I was in and out of the country and I had worked with, um, there's a company called Velocity Sports. I did an internship with UCLA in the S&C department and I was doing all of this all while playing, um, mainly because I just fell in love with that concept of developing my body. I came into college and I was probably like 120 pounds soaking wet. I I was really small. I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't really fast enough. And that process of from my freshman year to my senior year, how my body um, trans- transitioned and, and was able to develop. I, I loved that process. Yep. And so that was a more along the lines of, of where the company started. It started out in, um, in New York where I'm from and, and we moved it over to Los Angeles as well. Yep. Um, and it really started as like more boot camps, working with young athletes. Um, and then I did, um, I was the assistant strength conditioning coach with the Wasserman Agency, oh, which yeah. is the um, it's a professional agency that runs a lot of the NBA players. And so um, we worked with names like Derrick Rose, um, Russell Westbrook, as they were coming into the league. So like oh, they're right. they're pre rookie seasons when they're going and, and trying out for all these different teams, and then the year after their their sophomore year. Yeah. Um, the Lopez brothers were a part of that. So the agency basically just hired us to work with them out in um, Santa Monica in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, so that's when I got a taste of like the professional level and, and, and like working with pro athletes. Um, fast forward to coming over here to Australia. So I, I ran the company while I was playing and, and worked with um, teammates and surrounding athletes uh, in the countries that I was playing in. Yeah. And then when I came here, there was just such a market for S&C plus um, – applied basketball work so that that combination of the two where you're you're getting your skill development but you're also working on your core strength your your ability to be balanced and and your how do you stop properly how do you accelerate properly how body position like things of that nature so i i found a a a very untouched uh, market out here that wasn't um it was really thirsty and hungry for the information but they didn't really have um anyone doing it and so that's kind of that's kind of what drove me to stay and, and stick around and, and, and play. Cause initially I, I just came here to run a few camps. Um, 
things of that nature. But I, six years later, I'm still here. So yeah, <laughs> didn't, really, didn't really go as planned, but it, it worked out well. Yeah, yeah. So I noticed uh, you've been doing some work with the bullets too. Um, yep, I um they concept. they were they were great and allowed me to uh, the last two years. Um, I was the development um, SNC coach, so I worked with uh, all of their young athletes that they wanted to um, develop and hopefully get through the system. Um, in this past year, I was on their analytic team where we were doing um, as I'm transitioning from heavy weight room and it's still a passion of mine it's still something that sports mindset um, has young emerging athletes we work with college athletes we work with um, all athletes not just basketball either it's it's athletes yeah. across the board any land sport um, but I'm also transitioning into that college phase so I wanted to see um, how things were run from that perspective as opposed to just uh, as athletic development coach or a or a um or a basketball player myself. Yeah. I wanted to see it from, from the, from another perspective. And Andre Lamanis was, was really great. He allowed me to come into some of the coaching meetings and, and learn from their, their amazing staff with all the Sam McKinnon, um, CJ Bruton, Andre, they, they, their records speak for themselves in terms yeah. of what they've been able to accomplish. Yeah. And I was, I, I love being in a room full of, of talented people where I can just kind of absorb knowledge and, and continue my development and my growth in all fields of what I'm doing. So it was a great experience to work with them. Great athletes, um, great environment. Um, I enjoyed it. The work that you do with, uh, I guess, through sports mindset in terms of that, that sort of conditioning, strength and conditioning, is it much of a different program between the male and female athletes or is it much the same sort of stuff? Um, it's pretty much the same. It, whether whether I'm coaching a, a female athlete or male athlete, I expect the same. Um, yeah. They're, they're, it's, it is individually based. So yeah. if we have a client who completely lacks core strength or has no strength at all, like their program is going to be different than a client who needs to lose some weight and has, has a great build, but you know, doesn't move properly. It doesn't have the flexibility or mobility in their, in their hips or their ankles and need help with injury prevention. Like, like it's an individually based um, program that we develop for our athletes, but yeah. whether it's male or female, that, that doesn't, it doesn't really play that much of a factor. You do seem tend to see some of the younger boys have a little bit more strength than some of the younger girls initially. Yeah. Um, but overall you'll see the females have a little bit more mobility and flexibility than, than the boys. So it just, based on the individual is how we develop it. Yeah, yeah. And when you're working with, uh, I guess, younger athletes, do, do you find that the uh, load management thing's a bit of an issue or kids tend to, and the coaches as well, tend to be a bit more aware of everything that's going on and, and yeah. it's a bit more planned? Yeah, so with with load management, I think the, the, the key thing with that is to make sure the time that you're spending is of value. Yeah. And so based on what their, what other activities they have going on there in high school basketball or they're playing rep season and things like that, we adjust their program according to their schedule. Oh yeah. But um, for us, it's more, it's less about um, at their age, they can, they can manage a lot of load. It's more about doing it properly. Like, are you, are you landing properly when you're doing all these different jumps at practice or, yeah. or, you know, in the game. And, and so it's, it's less about too much wear and tear and, and, a lot of it physically, they can handle it. It's the mental conversations that we have with them and, and understanding, you know, time management, things like that. The load management doesn't really tend to be much of an issue until they get into the um, older stages and, and more on the elite level where uh, they need to perform at a high level. Like the young ones, the development stages, everything is a development. Whether they're in a rep game or a club game, it's all about the development. 
once yeah. it becomes your job, it's a bit of a different um, perspective that you're putting on the things and, and, and the load management actually plays more of a role. Yeah, yeah, nice. So, I mean, I've watched you play and watched you play for a few years now, like since you've been in Brisbane. And I guess one of the things I've always noticed is that you're a real competitor and uh, you bring a lot of leadership to the teams you play for. Well, I appreciate so, that. Thank you. Yeah, well, like I said, your results speak for, your, for itself. Um, I was looking at your stats uh, for the last three seasons, averaging around 14 a game and five or six assists a game and rebounds. You just about do everything. Um how are you going to instill that in the group now, like crossing over into, into the coaching role? Um, it's a great question. I've known it now. <laughs> um, I, I, um, luckily, I've, um, I've played with a, a lot of the players that are coming back next season. Yeah. Um, and it's probably one of the strengths that we had collectively as a team. Um, I, I prided myself on winning, whether it would meant I needed to score 20 points or get 10 rebounds or just find my teammates, like whatever it was I needed to do is what I thought like, I, like what I like to think I was able to provide. Yeah. And a lot of my teammates have the same mentality. So that's why we were, we were such a close knit get, um, group that were able to accomplish, um, three, a three peat. Yeah. And so with, with Beck Haynes coming back with Odette, um, um, Andrew's coming back, uh, Isaac, sorry, um, with Carly Curry coming back, um, Natalie uh, Taylor, like they're all players that have that same driving mentality. So I'm going to rely heavily on them to, to kind of just make sure that that kind of stays on the floor. Although I'm going to be off the floor, they, they can carry that on. I'm not, I'm not too concerned about that. Yeah, nice. And, and if you guys feeling any um, any pressure or anything about you know you've got three in a row now, um, is there is there pressure that you bring on yourselves, or that, do you feel any pressure like about going for number four? I think you fear complacency. Yeah. Um. You know, just that expectation. Oh, we're going to win. We've done it. Um. But I think that's one of the the good things about me tr- making that transition into coaching because I feel a, a sense of urgency being this is my first time, and hopefully that kind of bleeds through the team and. And we're, we're making a lot of changes in terms of our, the language that we use and, yeah. and the style of trainings that we're running and things of that nature. So there's, there's a lot of changes, a lot of differences, and some fresh new faces that we're bringing in, some of the young athletes. And we're trying to make a, as much of a professional environment as possible. Yeah. And so, you know, with the, with the change of league and, you know, having that national competition loom, looming over and knowing that, you know, everyone's kind of gunning for us, knowing that we're the team to beat and have won over the last three years, that that brings that competitive nature out of all of us. So uh, my fear is complacency, but um, I'm, I'm pretty confident that that will be all right. Yeah. Yeah. So what's this, what, how would you describe the style of play you guys are going to uh, have this year? Up tempo. So Up-tempo. I think, I think last year um, because we had such a disruptive season, we had pregnancies, we had people in and out. Um, we had, we at no point did we'd have the entire team at a practice until finals which oh, is right. unheard of. Um, um, so I think this year we're going in, we started a bit earlier with preseason. We want to be in better shape. We want to be able to play a bit faster and all be on the same page a bit earlier yeah. and then just continue to get better throughout the season, just one game at a time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess the other thing I'm a bit interested in is, you know, and like I said earlier, you being a, a great leader on the floor, like how does the, the leadership in the in the team change now when you were a player and now you, you'd be a coach? Like what are your expectations around how that's going to work? Yeah, I think we'll, we'll kind of rely on each other. Um, I've had the conversation with Nep, I've had the conversation with Beck Haynes, um, with, with Carly, with Odette, that, that we're going to have to, this is my first year, I'm, I'm – 
by no means believe that I'm going to be the perfect decision maker at all times. Like this is who knows, like I won't know until I know pretty much. Yeah. Um, but collectively I think we'll be able to, um, to, to maintain that leadership across the board, them on the court, me off, off the court and within practice, within film sessions, things like that. So we're just, we're, we're really trying to maintain that culture throughout, throughout the, the, um, the club and, I, hopefully, I'm sure we'll slip up a few times, but as long as we get up, we'll be all right, hopefully. Yeah, and and I suppose uh, you talked about some of the, I guess, more senior and experienced players that are in the mm-hmm. mix, but no doubt, you know, Southern Districts is a, is a big club. You've got a, a big junior base, and mm-hmm. how are you looking at bringing the, the juniors into the mix? Yeah, so that's that's one of, um, one of the big things coming into this season is kind of intertwining both the uh, QSL, I believe it's called, and the yeah. NBL1. Um, teams yep. will be running a lot of the same systems and and having same style of, of practices and the the energy in which we demand and the expectations and all of that nature um, we're trying to make sure it goes across the board um, yeah. I think we've been a bit uh, split in that over the last few years where we kind of had it had both um, teams and systems ran a bit differently yeah so we're really uh, working heavily on having an overall um, system for everyone to run and, and just those expectations and the work ethic and the conditioning and, and all of that stuff that I love to do anyway, like that's my passion and that's what sports mindset is, is kind of uh, built on, but having mentally strong and physically strong athletes across the board. So they're, they're coming along, they're young, so you got to break them down before they can build up strong. Yeah. So they're, they're at our sessions and we have the same expectations on them that we do with some of our senior girls. So yeah. I think it'll be, it'll be fun. Nice. So, and I suppose the other thing too is uh, I talked about what you do in terms of your leadership and that sort of thing, but I think I was reading some stuff about you when you're in college and it sort of said you're a bit of a defensive stopper too. And I tend to agree with that. How do you sort of implement that defensive attitude in the team too? And I think, you know, you you guys have probably done it for the last couple of years anyway. You've really kept the pressure on teams and and, really limited their scoring uh, in the games you've had. Yeah, just just being aware of the scout. I mean, we're going to be playing against a lot of great players. Um, being being locked in, being aware of the scout, and then if defense is really a, an effort, a confidence, a swag almost, yeah. where you you don't. Uh, I know, um, and I'll, I'll I'll say across the board, but especially here in Australia, it's really um, they they're really. Uh, strong with the offensive side like who can score the most points and oh this player had 20 this 20 that but understanding that defense is if not more important just as important as scoring yeah and so just having that mentality and an expectation in a session and we're our goal is to be as disruptive as possible so it's it's more of an effort thing and and knowing who we're playing against and what their strengths and weaknesses are and, and making them work as we can do that across the board i think we'll be all right yeah, yeah, no doubt. We talked a little bit about this, but with the NBL One North branding, like uh, mm-hmm. that's that's a big plus for the league, I think. And and how do you think it's going to lift the profile of? Uh, oh, I'm excited. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Um, I think it's great for Australian basketball. It just kind of rises, uh, allows the the level of of competition to rise in Australian basketball, and and it reminds me of home, where you have all those different levels of competition, and when you're able to compete at an early age against strong competition, it's only going to breed stronger athletes throughout the years. So yeah. I think that them bringing all the states together and kind of having that, that feeder league into your national league, um, it's going to, it's going to help uh, develop a lot of, a lot of strong players. Yeah, for sure. Uh, do you follow the NBL while it was on? 
I do. Yep. Yeah, yeah. What you Strongly, think is, uh, especially when I'm working with the bullets, I know I know what all the tools are doing. <laughs> I watch a lot of game tape. Yeah, did you um, follow much of the WNBL and like sort of? Uh, did you get a chance to sort of work with any of those players as well? Um, well, Kalani Purcell, who's who's yeah. um, going to be coming over. Uh, I think she's here this week. Actually, um, she plays with Melbourne, and and I'm familiar with a lot of the players, so I, I love to watch it. I love I love watching. Um, all competitions in general, whether it's basketball or, or rugby or AFL. I just love watching athletes perform at, at some of the highest levels. Yeah. Um, so I was able to watch the, the finals and in any game that I was able to catch, I would make sure I, I um, tuned into. So yeah. I enjoyed watching. Yeah, nice. Well, Aja, I just wanted to wish you all the best for the 2020 season. No doubt, you know, with your experience and your playing background, you're going to put a pretty solid team together. I and, do appreciate uh, that. Yeah, I look forward to seeing what you guys do, holding it together for the four in a row. I don't know if that's been done. In um, I don't, I don't know, but the, we're, that's that's the goal. I'm sure yeah. a lot of people are gunning for us, so we know it'll be <laughs> it'll be hard work to say the least, but. Yeah. And we're looking forward to the challenge. It should be fun. Yeah. No, well, good luck. And uh, thanks again for making time to be on the podcast. And, of course. Uh, Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. And uh, I'll be seeing you around. See you soon. Okay. Thanks, Sergeant. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. You can get in touch with me through my email at australianbasketballcoach at gmail.com. That's australianbasketballcoach, all one word, lowercase, at gmail.com. Also, follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at Coach and also on Facebook with Australian Basketball Coach. So uh, looking forward to hearing from you and thanks again for listening. 